I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, why the foreign aid bill might be dead in the House. Number two, Mitch McConnell on his Ukraine aid pressure campaign and what it means for the Senate. And number three, Steve Scalise returns to Washington. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have been covering the twists and turns of the Senate foreign aid bill and its intricacies over the weekend and its final passage uh, earlier this week. Now all eyes are on Speaker Mike Johnson and whether or not uh, he has any pathway forward when it comes to moving this legislation in the House. You have a very detailed account about the unlikelihood that it actually moves forward. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, well, here's here's the issue, um, and we'll start with this. But but, and we said this yesterday. But Mike Johnson needs to um, he needs to articulate some sort of path forward because right now there are. Two, we'll start kind of from the bottom up here. There are two options um, to get this passed without the leadership bring it to the floor. That's a discharge petition, which requires 218 signatures. Um, Democrats have a, a petition already ripe, meaning it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of time to it doesn't need to sit in the uh, and marinate for 30 days like most discharge petitions do. So um, but a bunch of Democrats will drop off. They'll need to get a lot of Republicans on board. I don't think it's going to work. Um, number by the way, it's not going to work because people are deferential to Mike Johnson. The other option is defeating a previous question. The previous question is a this is a legislative maneuver that allows basically allows the minority or the opposition to something to um, bring a bill to the floor uh, after defeating a a um, this kind of procedural motion. It also requires 218, uh, but I don't think people are going to do that with Democrats unless they think they have no other path. Um, th- there's two main points here to, to keep in mind, Dana. If you have 218 votes in the House, you could do whatever you want. That, that's just, you can. You could have, you could, you could bring any bill to the floor. You could defeat things. You could pass things. It takes some work. It takes unity. It takes organization. But with 218 votes, you can do what you want. That's the main thing. Uh, And number two is that there's not going to be 218 votes for anything unless Mike Johnson dithers here. Unless he just he's he's going to hold his troops together um, because they want to be deferential to their speaker. If he does nothing and and isn't doesn't articulate a clear pathway forward he will not be able to get he will not be able to hold his conference together listen i think you make a lot of good points here the the important thing to i think that kind of underlies all of this is speaker mike johnson a little over 100 days in office what is his leadership style going to be when it comes to foreign aid uh so far Obviously, uh, the, the the clock is ticking when it comes to just funding the government, uh, which is extremely important. Uh, there's only a couple days left in this work week, and then House members are out until the end of February. So I, I think that clearly is in in his on his mind that he's got got to take you know a, a move forward on that. But he hasn't, to your point, I think, laid out a strategy of saying, okay, are we going to 
take the Senate bill up. He said, you know, pretty much said, no. Okay, are we going to take the Senate up and bill up and amend it and include some of this uh, border provisions that would likely tank it in the Senate or certainly uh, would put President Joe Biden in a, in a bad position? Hard to see that happening. And I think the, the bigger picture thing, if you zoom out even further, is just the tight majority that House Republicans have. It is going to be very difficult to find the 218 if he employs either of those two strategies. And, and uh, uh, a majority that got tighter last night with uh, Tom Swazi beating uh, Mazzy Pillup in Long Island in a seat. And by the way, a seat that that Democrats did spend a lot in. But but quite frankly, um, Swazi won handily. Um, and that would make this is going to make Mike Johnson's job even harder. This is a flip. Uh, George Santos, who was expelled, held the seat before. Uh, now a Democrat holds the seat. So this is only going to get um, this is only going to get harder. Yeah, I mean, just on that note, I mean, I think two other just kind of pieces of news there. Swazi winning, really interesting. Special elections, always a microcosm, not necessarily a bellwether for what it means for the 24 cycle. But I think interesting to note how he really ran on the border and uh, pretty aggressively and how Republicans didn't end up passing that legislation. Uh, and then that's going to be something that I think Democrats are going to be looking at say, okay, wow, in this kind of race, this was something that it wasn't just abortion that he was running on. He really wasn't talking about that uh, as an issue in the the New York uh, suburbs. Very interesting to see, you know, what lessons both parties, if any, take from that special election. But that takes the Republican majority to 219 to 213 with three vacant vacancies. Uh, it's just a two vote edge. Really, really tough stuff. Other uh, important thing to note, the House impeached DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas Tuesday night on a party line vote, 214 to 213, first time in nearly 150 years that the House has voted to oust a cabinet official. Uh, The interesting thing here will be the Senate is going to have to start a trial for Mayorkas when the chamber returns from the President's Day recess. Senate pro tem, President pro tem Patty Murray will oversee the proceedings, but the big important thing, Jake, no other business can happen in the Senate on the Senate floor during an impeachment trial. Bingo. Uh, and it will be messy uh, in the sense that it just it takes time. Um, they're going to try to keep this very short because they're obviously not going to impeach him. Um, and so they'll try to keep this short and, and blow through it. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to they're going to have to start this so they could fund the government. <laughs> the government's the government is right. Uh, uh, funded until March 1st and March 8th. I mean, what an absolute mess this Congress is. All right, let's go to the number two story of the morning. Our colleagues, Andrew Desiderio and John Bresnahan caught up with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, talking to him about his Ukraine victory and his legacy, then what this vote means to him when it comes to uh, the Senate, when it comes to the U.S.'s place in the world. Uh, a really interesting look, uh, of course, to me, what is interesting is, one, how he stayed the course. So often, you know, when the tides or the winds change, whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, lawmakers will waffle or change their position. President Donald Trump opposed the Ukraine funding bill at the end, putting a bunch of pressure on other senators. But McConnell, in the end, brought 21 other members of his conference uh, in support of that vote. 
yeah, listen, he did a he did a uh, uh, as good of a job as he could, which is a good job. I mean, getting twenty uh, to twenty one other people together, and listen, McC- McConnell could have um, changed paths here, right? He knew that the conference was getting away from him. Uh, he did not change paths. He stayed completely committed to Ukraine funding um, and even says, I mean, the interesting thing that I would say, uh, in addition to that, the um, uh, he acknowledged Trump's Trump's huge megaphone here uh, and the fact that it was impactful when it came to uh, turning people against Ukraine aid. And he, when it comes to the House, he basically says, uh, and we, we reported this Last night, he basically said that it's time for the House to give this a vote. He said, I don't I don't tell the House what to do, but alas. So this is a very good item by Andrew, who is uh, uh, has tracked this issue expertly for us over the last couple months. All right. And the number three item of the morning, Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, returned to Washington. Uh, last night, following two months of stem cell treatment for cancer, he helped provide House Republicans with that margin to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, but he also shook the money tree, raising $750,000 last night at Ruth Chris. Uh, interesting just to see him already kind of come back and and in, in full full steam ahead when it comes to the fundraising circuit. Yeah, um, it's uh, pretty, first of all, uh, impressive Scalise got back. He is, this has obviously been an incredibly difficult time for Scalise uh, getting this treatment. Uh, hasn't been here all year. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in one night, Anna. Not bad. That's that's um, that's an impressive uh, impressive haul for Scalise on his first night back to Washington. Um, and although we, this, I think I get seven hundred fifty thousand dollars every morning for doing this podcast with you. So that's you know when you put and it that's in, definitely yeah. Just look at your paycheck. We'll make yeah. sure it, uh, <laughs> the, the checks in the mail, huh? <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) On that note, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, share it with your friends, your family. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all these issues and more with our free morning newsletter. All it takes is an email. Go to punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe, everybody.